Act Five of All's Well That Ends Well by William Shakespeare. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Tony Addison. Act Five, Scene One, Marseille, a street. Enter Helena, Widow, and Diana. Helena, but this exceeding posting day and night must wear your spirits low. We cannot help it. But since you have made the days and nights as one to wear your gentle limbs in my affairs, be bold you do so grow in my requital as nothing can unroot you. Enter a gentleman. In happy time, this man may help me to his majesty's ear if he would spend his power. God save you, sir. Gentlemen, and you. Helena, sir, I have seen you in the court of France. Gentlemen, I have been sometimes there. Helena, I do presume, sir, that you are not fallen from the report that goes upon your goodness, and therefore goaded with most sharp occasions, which lay nice manners by, I put you to the use of your own virtues, for the which I shall continue thankful. Gentlemen, what's your will? Helena, that it will please you to give this poor petition to the king, and aid me with that store of power you have to come into his presence. Gentlemen, the king's not here. Helena, not here, sir. Gentlemen, not indeed. He hence removed last night, and with more haste than is his use. Widow, Lord, how we lose our pains. Helena, All's well that ends well yet. Though time seems so adverse and means unfit, I do beseech you whither is he gone. Gentlemen, marry, as I take it, to Roussillon, whither I am going. Helena, I do beseech you, sir, since you are like to see the king before me, commend the paper to his gracious hand, which I presume shall render you no blame, but rather make you thank your pains for it. I will come after you with what good speed our means will make us means. Gentlemen, this I'll do for you. Helena, and you shall find yourself to be well thanked, whate'er falls more. We must to horse again. Go, go, provide. Exeunt. Scene two, Roussillon, the inner court of the Count's palace. Enter Clown and Parolles. Parolles. Good Monsieur Lavache, give my Lord Lafer this letter. I have ere now, sir, been better known to you, when I have held familiarity with fresher clothes, but I am now, sir, muddied in fortune's mood and smells somewhat strong of her strong displeasure. Clown, truly, fortune's displeasure is but sluttish, 
if it smells so strongly as thou speakest of. I will henceforth eat no fish of fortune's buttering. Prithee, allow the wind. Parolles, nay, you need not to stop your nose, sir. I spake but by a metaphor. Clown, indeed, sir, if your metaphor stink, I will stop my nose, or against any man's metaphor. Prithee, get thee further. Parolles, pray you, sir, deliver me this paper. Clown, foe, prithee, stand away. A paper from Fortune's close stool to give to a nobleman. Look, here he comes himself. Enter Laffer. Here is a purr of fortune, sir, or of fortune's cat, but not a musk cat that has fallen into the unclean fish pond of her displeasure, and, as he says, is muddied with all. Pray you, sir, use the carp as you may, for he looks like a poor, decayed, ingenious, foolish, rascally knave. I do pity his distress in my similars of comfort, and leave him to your lordship. Exit. Parolles. My lord, I am a man whom fortune hath cruelly scratched. Laffer. And what would you have me to do? Tis too late to pare her nails now. Wherein have you played the knave with fortune, that she should scratch you, who of herself is a good lady? and would not have knaves thrive long under her. There's a cardicue for you. Let the justices make you and fortune friends. I am for other business. Parolles. I beseech your honour to hear me one single word. Laffer, you beg a single penny more. Come, you shall hat. Save your word. Parolles. My name, my good lord is Parolles. Laffer, you beg more than word, then. Cox my passion, give me your hand. How does your drum? Parolles. Oh, my good lord, you were the first that found me. Laffer, was I in sooth, and I was the first that lost thee. Parolles. It lies in you, my lord, to bring me in some grace, for you did bring me out. Laffer, out upon thee, knave, dost thou put upon me at once both the office of God and the devil? One brings thee in grace, and the other brings thee out. Trumpets sound. The king's coming, I know by his trumpets. Sirrah, inquire further after me. I had talk of you last night. Though you are a fool and a knave, you shall eat. Go to, follow. Parolles, I praise God for you. Exeunt. Scene three. Roussillon, the Count's palace. Flourish. Enter King, Countess, Laffer, the two French lords, with attendants. King. We lost a jewel of her, and our esteem was made much poorer by it. 
but your son, as mad in folly, lacked the sense to know her estimation home. Countess, tis past, my liege, and I beseech your majesty to make it natural rebellion, done in the blaze of youth, when oil and fire too strong for reason's force, or bears it and burns on. King, my honoured lady, I have forgiven and forgotten all. Though my revenges were high bent upon him, and watched the time to shoot. Laffer, this I must say, but first I beg my pardon. The young lord did to his majesty his mother and his lady offence of mighty note, but to himself the greatest wrong of all. He lost a wife whose beauty did astonish the survey of richest eyes, whose words all ears took captive, whose dear perfection hearts that scorned to serve humbly called mistress. King, praising what is lost, makes the remembrance dear. Well, call him hither. We are reconciled, and the first view shall kill all repetition. Let him not ask our pardon. The nature of his great offence is dead, and deeper than oblivion do we bury the incensing relics of it. Let him approach a stranger, no offender, and inform him so tis our will he should. Gentlemen, I shall, my liege. Exit, gentlemen. King, what says he to your daughter? Have you spoke? Lefer, all that he is hath reference to your highness. King, then shall we have a match. I have letters sent me that sets him high in fame. Enter Bertram. Lafeu, he looks well on it. King, I am not a day of season, for thou mayst see a sunshine and a hail in me at once. But to the brightest beams distracted clouds give way, so stand thou forth, the time is fair again. Bertram, my high-repented blames, dear sovereign, pardon to me. King, all is whole, not one word more of the consumed time. Let's take the instant by the forward top, for we are old, and on our quickest decrees the inaudible and noiseless foot of time steals ere we can affect them. You remember the daughter of this lord. Bertram, admiringly, my liege, at first I stuck my choice upon her, and my heart dost make too bold herald of my tongue, where the impression of mine eye in fixing, contempt his scornful perspective did lend me, which warped the line of every other favour, scorned a fair colour, or expressed it stolen, extended or contracted all proportions to a most hideous object. Thence it came that she whom all men praised, and whom myself, since I have lost, have loved, was in mine eye the dust that did offend it. King, well excused, that thou didst love her, strike some scores away from the great Comte, but love that comes too late, like a remorseful pardon slowly carried, to the great sender turns a sour offence, crying, that's good that's gone. Our rash faults 
make trivial price of serious things we have, not knowing them until we know their grave. Oft our displeasures, to ourselves unjust, destroy our friends, and after weep their dust. Our own love waking, cries to see what's done, while shameful hate sleeps out the afternoon. Be this sweet Helen's knell, and now forget her. Send forth your amorous token for fair maudlin. The main consents are had, and here we'll stay to see our widower's second marriage day. Countess, which better than the first, O oh dear heaven bless, or ere they meet in me, O oh nature, cease. Laffer, come on, my son, in whom my house's name must be digested. Give a favour from you, to sparkle in the spirits of my daughter, that she may quickly come. Bertram gives a ring. By my old beard, and every hair that's on it, Helen that's dead was a sweet creature. Such a ring as this, the last that e'er I took her leave at court, I saw upon her finger. Bertram, hers it was not. King, now, pray you, let me see it, for mine eye, while I was speaking, oft was fastened to it. This ring was mine, and when I gave it Helen, I bade her, if her fortunes ever stood necessity to help, that by this token I would relieve her. Had you that craft to reave her, of what should stead her most? Bertram, my gracious sovereign, however it pleases you to take it so, the ring was never hers. Countess, son, on my life I have seen her wear it, and she reckoned it at her life's rate. Laffer, I am sure I saw her wear it. Bertram, you are deceived, my lord, she never saw it. In Florence was it from a casement thrown me, wrapped in a paper, which contained the name of her that threw it. Noble she was, and thought I stood engaged. But when I had subscribed to mine own fortune, and informed her fully, I could not answer in that course of honour, as she had made the overture, she ceased, in heavy satisfaction, and would never receive the ring again. King, Plutus himself, that knows the tinct and multiplying medicine, hath not in nature's mystery more science than I have in this ring. Twas mine, twas Helen's, whoever gave it you. Then if you know that you are well acquainted with yourself, confess twas hers, and by what rough enforcement you got it from her. She called the saints to surety that she would never put it from her finger, unless she gave it to yourself in bed, where you have never come, or sent it us upon her great disaster. Bertram, she never saw it. King, thou speak'st it falsely, as I love mine honour, and mak'st conjectural fears to come into me, which I would fain shut out. If it should prove that thou art so inhuman, twill not prove so, and yet I know not that it's tater her deadly, and she is dead, which nothing but to close her eyes myself could win me to believe more than to see this ring. Take him away. God sees, Bertram, my forepast proofs, howe'er the matter fall, shall tax my fears of little vanity, 
having vainly feared too little. Away with him, we'll sift this matter further. Bertram, if you shall prove this ring was ever hers, you shall as easy prove that I husbanded her bed in Florence, where she yet never was. Exit. Guarded. King. I am wrapped in dismal thinkings. Enter a gentleman. Gentlemen, gracious sovereign, whether I have been to blame or no, I know not. Here's a petition from a Florentine, who hath for four or five removes come short to tender it herself. I undertook it, vanquished thereto by the fair grace and speech of the poor suppliant, who by this I know is here attending. Her business looks in her with an importing visage, and she told me, in a sweet verbal brief, it did concern your highness with herself. King reads the letter. Upon his many protestations to marry me, when his wife was dead, I blush to say it, he won me. Now is the Count Roussillon a widower, his vows are forfeited to me, and my honours paid to him. He stole from Florence, taking no leave, and I follow him to his country for justice. Grant it me, O king. In you it best lies. Otherwise a seducer flourishes, and a poor maid's undone. Diana Capulet. Laffer, I will buy me a son-in-law in a fair, and toll for this. I'll none of him. King, the heavens have thought well on thee, Laffer, to bring forth this discovery. Seek these suitors, Go speedily, and bring again the Count. Exeunt attendants. I am afeard the life of Helen, lady, was foully snatched. Countess. Now, justice on the doers. Enter Bertram guarded. King. I wonder, sir, sith wives are monsters to you, and that you fly them as you swear them, lordship, yet you desire to marry. Enter widow and Diana. What woman's that? Diana. I am, my lord, a wretched Florentine, derived from the ancient Capulet. My suit, as I do understand you know, and therefore know how far I may be pitied. Widow. I am her mother, sir, whose age and honour both suffer under this complaint we bring, and both shall cease without your remedy. King. Come hither, Count. Do you know these women? Bertram, my lord, I neither can nor will deny, but that I know them. Do they charge me further? Diana, why do you look so strange upon your wife? Bertram, she's none of mine, my lord. Diana, if you shall marry, you give away this hand, and that is mine. You give away heaven's vows, and those are mine. You give away myself, which is known mine, for I by vow am so embodied yours, that she which marries you must marry me, either both or none. Lafeu to Bertram. Your reputation comes too short for my daughter. You are no husband for her. Bertram. My lord, this is a fond and desperate creature, whom some time I have laughed with. Let your highness lay a more noble thought upon mine honour, 
than for to think that I would sink it here. King, sir, for my thoughts you have them ill to friend, till your deeds gain them. Fairer prove your honour than in my thought it lies. Diana, good, my lord, ask him upon his oath if he does think he had not my virginity. King, what sayest thou to her? Bertram, she's impudent, my lord, and was a common gamester to the camp. Diana, he does me wrong, my lord. If I were so, he might have bought me at a common price. Do not believe him. Lo, behold this ring, whose high respect and rich validity did lack a parallel, yet for all that he gave it to a commoner of the camp, if I be one. Countess, he blushes, and tis it. Of six preceding ancestors that gem, conferred by testament to the sequent issue, hath it been owed and worn. This is his wife, that rings a thousand proofs. King, methought you said you saw one here in court could witness it. Diana, I did, my lord, but loath am to produce so bad an instrument. His name's Parolles. Laffer, I saw the man to-day, if man he be. King, find him, and bring him hither. Exit an attendant. Bertram, what of him? He's quoted for a most perfidious slave, with all the spots of the world taxed and debauched, whose nature sickens but to speak a truth. Am I, or that, or this, for what he'll utter, that will speak anything? King, she hath that ring of yours. Bertram, I think she has. Certain it is I liked her, and boarded her in the wanton way of youth. She knew her distance, and did angle for me, madding my eagerness with her restraint, as all impediments in fancy's course are motives of more fancy, and in fine her infinite cunning with her modern grace subdued me to her rate. She got the ring, and I had that which any inferior might at market price have bought. Diana, I must be patient. You that have turned off a first so noble wife may justly die at me. I pray you yet, since you lack virtue, I will lose a husband. Send for your ring, I will return it home, and give me mine again. Bertram, I have it not. King, what ring was yours, I pray you? Diana, sir, much like the same upon your finger. King, know you this ring? This ring was his of late. Diana, and this was it I gave him, being abed. King, the story then goes false, you threw it him, out of a casement. Diana, I have spoke the truth. Enter Parolles. Bertram, my lord, I do confess the ring was hers. King, you boggle shrewdly, every feather starts you. Is this the man you speak of? Diana, I, my lord. King, Tell me, sirrah, but tell me true, I charge you, not fearing the displeasure of your master, which on your just proceeding I'll keep off. By him and by this woman here, what know you? Parolles, so please your majesty, 
my master hath been an honourable gentleman. Tricks he hath had in him which gentlemen have. King, come, come, to the purpose, did he love this woman? Parolles, faith, sir, he did love her, but how? King, how, I pray you? Parolles, he did love her, sir, as a gentleman loves a woman. King, how is that? Parolles, he loved her, sir, and loved her not. King, as thou art a knave and no knave, what an equivocal companion is this? Parolles, I am a poor man, and at your majesty's command. Lafer, he's a good drum, my lord, but a naughty orator. Diana, do you know he promised me marriage? Parolles, faith, I know more than I'll speak. King, but wilt thou not speak, or thou knowest? Parolles, yes, so please your majesty. I did go between them, as I said, but more than that he loved her, for indeed he was mad for her, and talked of Satan, and of Limbo, and of Furies, and I know not what. Yet I was in that credit with them at that time, that I knew of their going to bed, and of other motions, as promising her marriage, and things which would derive me ill-will to speak of. Therefore I will not speak what I know. King, thou hast spoken all already, unless thou canst say they are married, but thou art too fine in thy evidence, therefore stand aside. This ring, you say, was yours. Diana. I, my good lord. King. Where did you buy it, or who gave it you? Diana. It was not given me, nor I did not buy it. King. Who lent it you? Diana. It was not lent me, neither. King. Where did you find it, then? Diana. I found it not. King. If it were yours by none of all these ways, how could you give it him? Diana, I never gave it him. Luffer, this woman's an easy glove, my lord. She goes off and on at pleasure. King, this ring was mine. I gave it his first wife. Diana, it might be yours or hers for aught I know. King, take her away. I do not like her now. To prison with her, and away with him. Unless thou tellst me where thou hadst this ring, thou diest within this hour. Diana, I'll never tell you. King, take her away. Diana, I'll put in bail, my liege. King, I think thee now some common customer. Diana, by Jove, if ever I knew man, t'was you. King, wherefore hast thou accused him all this while? Diana, because he's guilty, and he is not guilty. He knows I am no maid, and he'll swear to it. I'll swear I am a maid, and he knows not. Great king, I am no strumpet by my life. I am either maid, or else this old man's wife. Pointing to Lafer. King, she does abuse our ears to prison with her. Diana, good mother, fetch my bail. Stay, royal sir. Exit widow. The jeweller that owes the ring is sent for and he shall surety me, 
but for this lord who hath abused me as he knows himself though yet he never harmed me here i quit him he knows himself my bed he hath defiled and at that time he got his wife with child dead though she be she feels her young one kick so there's my riddle one that's dead is quick and now behold the meaning re-enter widow with helena king is there no exorcist beguiles the true office of mine eyes is't real that i see helena no my good lord tis but the shadow of a wife you see the name and not the thing bertram both both oh pardon helena o oh, my good lord when i was like this maid i found you wondrous kind there is your ring and look you here's your letter this it says when from my finger you can get this ring and are by me with child etc this is done will you be mine now you are doubly one bertram if she my liege can make me know this clearly i'll love her dearly ever ever dearly helena if it appear not plain and prove untrue deadly divorce step between me and you oh my dear mother do i see you living Lafer, mine eyes smell onions i shall weep anon to parolles good tom drum lend me a handkerchief so i thank thee wait on me home i'll make sport with thee let thy courtesies alone they are scurvy ones king let us from point to point this story know to make the even truth in pleasure flow to diana if thou beest yet a fresh uncropped flower choose thou thy husband and i'll pay thy dower for i can guess that by thy honest aid thou kept'st a wife herself thyself a maid of that and all the progress more and less resolvedly more leisure shall express all yet seems well and if it ends so meet the bitter past more welcome is the sweet flourish the king's a beggar now the play is done all is well ended if this suit be won that you express content which we will pay with strife to please you day exceeding day ours be your patience then and yours our parts your gentle hands lend us and take our hearts exeunt omnes end of act five end of all's well that ends well by william shakespeare read by tony addison